following contest is scheduled for one Hey, 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 it's your boy KJ, and welcome back to the Roped In Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It is the AEW Revolution Review. I am joined by one of my closest friends, uh, a, a man that I speak to on a near daily basis, and uh, I, I talk to him over the phone more than I ever really even talk to any of my girlfriends, so... Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a relationship really, and uh, his name is Ali Osatia, and I'm sure most of you know him as uh, as Ali from Inside the Ropes. Uh, we we do a podcast called Pod of Thunder, so we're we're used to podcasting with each other, and uh, we're we're sort of you know we we have a lot of dark humor, and uh, this podcast obviously had. Uh, had elements of that. We actually became serious for a little bit, breaking down what we saw at AEW Revolution. Uh, we actually discussed a lot of WWE stuff, stuff that's going on with old Goldberg, Fiend, um, the storylines, Randy Orton with the RKO on Beth Phoenix. I know I'm supposed to be podcasting uh, at the end of this week about that, but we just couldn't hold it in. There was so much to talk about, and you know, we actually get to talk about main roster and not WCW Thunder for a bit. So, you know, we both sort of lost our minds and just we're like ah let's talk about everything so uh, but it was a it was a fun fun time talking to him we had a bunch of laughs um, we we're crude in some senses so we apologize if you're offended but um we also don't apologize if you're offended because you know we people can laugh so that's why we're here and uh, uh so again uh we hope you enjoy this podcast and uh, we we really really get into all the likes and dislikes of, of AEW Revolution, um, and uh, yeah, it was it was uh, again a a long but detailed podcast. So we hope that you get everything out of it. Here is Ali Osatian. And here we are with Ali Osatian. Hey, Ali, what's up? Hi, KJ. It's so weird. I feel very trepidatious about the word choices throughout this podcast because I can't hide behind the paywall. (laughs) And if I go go off on a rant or something, you have to reel me in because anyone can listen to it and I I might get in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Uh, it's it's a brand new podcast, and I don't have many listeners. Yeah. So, but when I say many, I mean for a startup podcast, I'm so happy that, like, when I check my numbers and stuff, it's all like, in it's it's close to the three digits now, you know. Mm. So per per episode, so it's it's really good, and uh, I'm very very lucky, I'm very blessed. Hashtag blessed. Well, you get and, you'll uh, probably get a dip uh, after this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say dip or dick? I mean both. Uh, oh yeah. I mean you're gonna get a dick at WrestleMania, that's for sure. <laughs> Wait, what? Am I staying with Kenny again? <laughs> you know well, what? That, that's I... like if WrestleMania isn't cancelled by the coronavirus, right? Oh my god. So um 
maybe maybe we could let some people know that we we know someone in in the WWE stratosphere who told us that WrestleMania should be going ahead, no cancellations, plans are still what they were initially, mm-hmm. right? So without giving any names and stuff because we don't know, but um, yeah. So so apparently WrestleMania is still a green light. We can go ahead to WrestleMania. Ollie, are you looking forward to WrestleMania? Yeah, give me the green light because I'm ready oh, no. to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was watching the the Jeff Hardy. So uh, we're we're recording on a Wednesday because Ollie's not been well. The last few days. I mean, so, you could say I've not been well. I made some poor life decisions, and I've been paying for them <laughs> since the weekend. <laughs> I just, I just, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to throw you under the bus there. But <laughs> that's that's totally your call. Um, but yeah, Ali, Ali, let's say I'm gonna say he wasn't well, yeah. and uh, we're recording on uh, Wednesday after after WWE backstage, and I was watching Jeff Hardy on it, and he he was talking about. Uh, his his greatest moments in WWE, and he said WrestleMania 33 was probably his greatest moment ever. Oh, with the the big return. Yeah, yeah. Oh, How yeah. awesome is that? You yeah, and he's I mean, had, like, I mean, you were there. You were getting popcorn. I was fucking. I can't believe it. And no, I got that shitty pizza, that Little <laughs> Caesars pizza. Oh, oh my god. god, it is the absolute worst fucking pizza I've ever. It tastes like cardboard. <laughs> it is disgusting. How do people uh, eat that? Yeah, uh, hashtag America. Um, well, it was an amazing moment. Um, it was really good. It, I wish that I was there for the Edge pop this year at Royal Rumble, but I feel like oh. the Hardy return pop was definitely like on the same level. Yeah, uh, there was definitely more people for the Hardy one, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm sure I'm sure the Edge one, if if the same number of people were there, would have been possibly louder. Yeah. You know? So it was it was awesome. How are you? Are you enjoying? I know we, this is an AEW recap, but are you enjoying anything in WWE programming right now? Uh, so Raw on Monday, I thought was an absolute bag of shit. Apart from the opening segment oh. and the closing segment. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was up and down. Are you are you just echoing what Brian Alvarez said? No, he hated it. It was rubbish. Like, I'm sorry. Ricochet got squashed in Saudi, and to get him his heat back, he just got beaten by the 24-7 champion again. Yeah, what is that? What? What the What the fuck is that? Why is and Ricochet being buried? It's like, maybe that you say, oh, there must be a plan, there must be a plan. He's he's done. Vince is, Vince no, no, is bored yeah. with him. It's like he's bored with his toys. He's like, you know who Vince is? <laughs> Vince is Sid from Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> right and oh then he's got God. bored with ricochet so he's gonna like chop his arm off and then like stick alistair <laughs> black's like leg on his arm or something no he's gonna <laughs> stick one of those fucking that spider that that revelation of the spider yeah oh my oh god the toy spider oh my god the I honestly if right if you're the prop guy and they're like right we're going to do the reveal yeah. today Go, go and get like a you've got got like a week to get a life size a light not lifelike toy spider so that we can use it and like yeah. you're a tier a TV show right you've got like yeah. billion dollar deals with uh, production companies like Fox and movie studios you even fucking own a movie studio surely there's a yeah. fucking prop guy you can go to and be like dude can we get like a really good prop so it looks lifelike <laughs> no we'll just go to fucking Toys R Us <laughs> <laughs> 
and get like the scary spider. Put batteries in it. Put batteries in it. <laughs> I swear to God, I heard this thing on a podcast today. Uh, What's wrong with wrestling podcast? And they were like, the only way you could fix this is if you have the spider bite him. And then slowly over the weeks, he starts turning into Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be so good. And then next week, he's he's like, why are my hands sticky? <laughs> and yeah. then the week after that, he's just on the wall. Uh, that'd be class. I, I would be into it. Sandra, Wessel, Sandra would love that. Oh, yeah. That's like oh, yeah. Shikara written all over it, right? Yeah, <laughs> shout out to What's Wrong With Wrestling for that idea. That was so funny. I was laughing so hard. Um, but yeah, like it's. It, I understand what you mean. The Drew McIntyre thing was phenomenal. Oh, it was so good. So good. So good. I put out a tweet uh, not too long ago where I said, I'm not happy with the way Drew's pandering to the crowd. Mm-hmm. It seems very forced. And I was kind of like... Because he was doing, remember when he came out, he's like, all right, guys, on three, we, we point to the sign. And I was like, don't do that. It just doesn't feel natural. I hate it when, when the, the badass good guy starts pandering to the crowd. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they've stopped that now. And, and he's back on that like super badass, like, all right, I'm just going to come out. I'm going to fuck this guy up and I'm going to leave. And, yeah. and I, I absolutely love that. Absolutely yeah. love it. I've been waiting so for good. weeks for them to interact. and Yeah. And the but, first, and do you, do you the want first, to see? Sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Do you want to see them touch each other even more, or or do you want to wait now until WrestleMania and see what happens there? I think a pissed off beast is gonna try and get his revenge, and maybe he does yeah. get his revenge, but maybe he takes it a step too far. Something big happens. Um, oh, but what? Like, what? What could he do? Because we haven't seen anyone else introduced from Drew's life. Like for example, Beth Phoenix and Randy Orton. Oh, I don't. I don't mean like on a personal level. I mean like a physicality level. Like like uh, um, you know, sometimes WWE do the things backstage where like they'll pull down the scaffolding. Remember Brock pulled down the <laughs> scaffolding on Kane and and Braun Strowman, like something yeah. along the lines of that. Like Brock is so mad he's on like a terror rampage, um, and then because then the odds are even then the, then the odds are in Brock's favor because now uh, Drew's weakened and then that will make Drew's win even better because he he triumphed over the beast. I'm I'm sort of scared. I'm scared that Brock doesn't drop the title. Do you know what do you know what worries me KJ that we still what? have loads of weeks of TV to build WrestleMania and they might fuck it up. <laughs> I know, I know. I I'm, I'm look, I'm very happy with with the way Drew is going right now. As uh-huh. long as he doesn't go back to, you know, like, guys, three, two, one, point at the sound. As long as he's not doing that goofy shit, mm-hmm. I'm I'm absolutely okay with this. Like, he's not and John Cena. He's Drew McIntyre. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, because I, I brought this example up where Roman Reigns started doing, remember he did that whole tater tots thing with Sheamus? And he was yeah. like, tater tots, tater tots. And that's when everyone was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Seth Rollins was, you know... Doing the whole, all right, guys, burn it down. It's like, dude. You just hate the cheesy. You hate the cheesy. As soon as it becomes cheese, uh, you're disconnected with it, right? Absolutely. And that's why I kind of like Hangman Page. Hangman Page is one of my favorite things right now because he comes out. He doesn't turn to the crowd and go like, all right, guys, everyone raise your beer and just drink with, you know? Well, also, big, big difference. He is in a pro wrestling company. Drew McIntyre is in a sports entertainment company. So yeah. it's, it, that, that's the big difference. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, I mentioned this on the podcast as well. I said, I feel like Hangman Page is giving me very Steve Austin vibes. And I heard Finlay Martin say the same thing on the Inside the Ropes uh, Power Slam podcast. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm glad other people are seeing that too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, but, um, yeah, he's Steve Austin vibes, but I feel like he's making it his own. He's not like a Steve Austin ripoff. No, definitely not. Definitely not ripping him off. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, I mean, he's giving me those vibes that why everyone likes Steve Austin. Yeah. And I feel like this guy could be huge. Oh, yeah. Massive. Yeah. Massive. I'm what do you think of the whole, the Edge, the Edge, Beth Phoenix, Randy Orton thing? Love that. I think that was the best promo of Randy Orton's career. That was so oh, good. Right? It, and I think that what made it better was is that he delayed his explanation for weeks and weeks and was like, you guys don't understand why I didn't do it. You guys don't understand. And I was like, what is it going to be? Is it going to be a lockbox situation? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then Beth standing in the ring and Orton pouring his soul out to her. And then the, the crowd was like sympathizing with Orton. They could see where he came was coming from, and I think that's what it's so good because it blurred the lines and it adds like a level of realism to it. And even yeah. if even if he that thing didn't happen with his dad and Edge, even if it didn't, you can suspend your disbelief enough to think that it did, and then it adds so much layers and depth to the storyline. And it's so much better than WWE exposition. I'm going to point to the sign or say I want to fight you, and then we're going to have a match. Yeah, which everything like, else like, is. Everything else is apart from this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're so right because I love. You know what? Uh, and we've discussed this before on the Pod of Thunder, where there there needs to be. You can't have that an instant gratification. As soon as you have instant gratification, people are just like, "All right, I want to see it now." All right, I saw it. Okay, I lose interest because yeah. now I got what I wanted. But they've, as you said, they've delayed this for so long that now it's kind of like, "Oh man." You know, I, I, I waited for so long and now they gave me a reason. And the reason is legit. Like, it's a legit reason yeah. why someone would do it's such a It's such a WrestleMania storyline. It's so good. <sighs> it's so, so good. Yeah. I, the, the Randy Orton promo, I would say definitely one of his top three promos of all time. There's mm-hmm. that one promo that he did when, um, I believe it was after Hell in a Cell where Randy Orton lost to John Cena and Seth Rollins was part of the authority. And he came out and he started talking about, you know, I need to maybe check myself back into rehab. And, you know, he was he was going a little nuts. I don't know if you remember this. And then Triple H was in the ring. He's like, all right, Randy, just go back. Go take the day off, blah, blah, blah. And he turns around and he just RKO's Seth and, and leaves the ring. Mm-hmm. I thought that promo was fantastic. And this is up there. This one was right up there with I, one of his best promos. I love the subtleties of it. Before he hit the RKO, well, before Beth kicked him and he did the RKO, he just mouthed to her, bitch. <laughs> so good, oh. um, yeah. I mean, I I think I think she she done a great sell job on it because she is a wrestler. She took a wrestling move, so yeah. by the end of the show, a few minutes passed, and she was like shocked and a little bit hurt because she wasn't expecting it. And she sat up, which was great. I feel if they'd put her on a stretcher or all that bullshit, you're like it's Beth Phoenix. She took a wrestling move, like she doesn't yeah. need a stretcher. Which so I, yeah. I appreciated that. I also liked how some of her friends came out to help her because what annoys yeah. me and what annoyed me a little bit initially, not, not not that it like totally killed the whole angle, but what annoyed me initially was when Rotten was beating up Edge the first time, no one came out mm-hmm. to help Edge. So yeah, I, I, sure, I right? so I like that they added that. Um so that was good. Um I, I what what I found 
a little confusing, I would say, in this is um, it's it's and, and again, it doesn't kill the angle for me. It doesn't really ruin anything. But the way they handled it, because as soon as he dropped her, they cut away from the ring, right? Yes. They show the the commentary team. But and and it was supposed to be this thing where it's like, oh my god, it's so bad, we can't show you what's happening in the ring because they're taking care of her. But then they had like I think about five replays of the RKO. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, wait, what? Why are you, why are you showing this if it's supposed to be so bad that you can't see what's happening in the ring right now? I love so, <laughs> I, I, do you, I love the somber the somber commentary talk as well with like, and uh, we we don't know what what's going on here, ladies and gentlemen. It's absolutely absolutely terrible yeah. here. And then Byron Saxon like. Randy Orton, he is a son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. And yeah. the king, the king's like, I have to agree, Tom. I have to agree. Yeah, right. I like. See, you know what? I, Baron Corbin, honestly, uh, not Baron Corbin. Byron Saxton. By, Byron Saxton might as well be the same person. Byron Saxton is so. I I don't I don't like his commentary. He just I feel like he's not a good actor. No, right? do you know what it is? Byron Saxton is like he's got so much charisma. He is so charismatic. Like if you watch any of his NXT stuff or any of his like yeah. uh, WWE YouTube channel stuff, when he's allowed to be himself, he is fucking brilliant. He's so good. Like he could be an amazing yeah. commentator, but they don't let him. They, he has to be a WWE commentator, so he's not allowed the personality. So that's the thing. But he's so good. Like, have you seen him do the Carlton dance from Fresh Prince? I saw Prince? that. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So, like, he's, he's so good. He's great. He's but funny. he doesn't get to be great. He gets to be... Was it... He was, he was into Nia Jax or something, wasn't he? Was he? I think so. There was something on, like, um, that ride, ride-along show or whatever it was called. Right. Uh, where, where they called... She called him and she's talking to him and he's kind of like, ooh, she's flirting with me and stuff. Mm. And then she's like, ah, you're on the show, haha. And he was kind of like, oh. I don't know if that was <laughs> if that was a setup or something, but it just made yeah, it look Nyla's, like Nyla's a babe. Like, she's so pretty. Nyla? Yeah. Not Nyla. Who'd I say? Nyla. And you, you said Nyla. <laughs> uh, uh, Not Nyla. Um, Thingy, what'd you call her? Nyla Jax. Nyla. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Why do I always do this to myself? Freudian slip. <laughs> no, because I'm looking at my notes and I was like, Nyla, J- Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander. And I was like reading it while I was talking. <laughs> can, can I just say, I don't know, whenever Nyla Rose starts screaming, uh-huh. it's it's such a deep scream. Like when, 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 he starts, when she starts yelling... I'm just right. like, oh, whoa. I actually, I'm, I'm into her. I think she's class. It, she's scary. Like, yeah. really scary. Like, I would not fuck with her. No. At all. Doesn't matter which division she's in. But, yeah. Um, so, right. Okay. <laughs> so, we're here to talk uh, AEW Revolution. Revolution. Uh, Ali, just as an overall, right, before, mm-hmm. before we actually get into the nitty-gritty of it, uh, did you enjoy this? Yeah, it was one of the well, honestly, the best pay per view of the year. Loved it, so good. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was a fun fun pay per view. I uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, there was uh, a lot of good stuff. A lot, a lot, some confusing things, but mainly mainly a really really good show. Yeah, uh, it took place in Chicago, Illinois. Is this where all the AEW pay per views are going to be in Chicago? Um, you'll you'll have to ask. I think Chicago was a big, a big market for them. But they know they're going to get a sell so out there, right? 
Yeah, true, true. They, so far, they've had two pay-per-views. Uh, sorry, two locations for pay-per-views because uh, the last one was Full Gear, which was in Baltimore. But then I think all the yeah, I was I was at that. In, I was there. <laughs> oh yeah, you were there. That's right. Yeah, yeah. they had uh, the fight for the fallen thing, was, which was in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, Fighter Fest, which was in Daytona Beach. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, no, they're they're actually quite spread out. I thought I, I was a little confused. Double or Nothing was uh, in Nevada, so uh, well, this is yeah, this is a reason. this is a different place than um, the the last Chicago pay per because that's in the the name of the place slips slips me it's something. Uh, it was in Hoffman Estates. Hoffman Estates, that's it. So it's not quite Chicago. It's like saying yeah. you're. It's like saying you're doing a show in Glasgow, but doing it in um, Kilmarnock. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, geography is, you know, my really. It's like strong. saying you're going to do a show in Washington so. DC, but doing it in Washington State. Holy shit! That far? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I know where they are now. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I can't seem to find how many people uh, were in attendance here for some reason. It was a sellout. Whatever, I was like twelve-ish thousand, wasn't it? Something like that. Something like that. But uh, so we we start the pay per view with the dark matches, and uh, the first dark match was recorded for AEW Dark, which was uh, Britt Baker and Penelope Ford versus Rio and Yuka Sakazaki. Um, if you don't want to know the results of this one, well, don't tell me I've not watched Dark. I watched Dark on a so, Wednesday so, before okay. before I watch uh, Dynamite. So don't. Okay, awesome. So I won't tell you who who won here. Right. Uh, and uh, but Penelope Ford, so hot. Yeah, oh my so god, hot. she is. She is. She's the hottest in AEW. But there's not. There's not like oh, a, a huge. Well, I don't know. Brandy is really beautiful, but. Brandy's gorgeous. I gotta go like, with talking hot. Yeah, I gotta go with what what I like. I like the blondes. Blondes. Yeah, I like and the I, blondes. I can't. I can't say. But yeah, she, she's something else. Yeah, I hate. I hate Kip Sabian. <laughs> <laughs> she looked so good on that boat, the Jericho cruise. Yeah. Woo. So so good. If you're Joey Janela, uh, you're like fuck, man. Why? Why didn't it, I just? Why didn't I just agree with her or like say sorry, darling? Can I get you anything? <laughs> <laughs> How, I mean, they weren't really dating, right? No, they no. were. What? Yeah, genuinely. Oh my god, that guy should just jump off a bridge right now. Yeah, I know. How did he land her? How? I mean, oh he, he, he must. He must be funny. <laughs> he must be something. He must be. So- she must have maybe walked in on him changing, and he's got a dick that hits the ground, or I don't know, just something. I don't think but, he does. Yeah, but yeah, maybe not. Um, <laughs> but uh, right. So the the actual first match televised was the Dark Order versus SCU. SCU. So and Stu Grayson versus Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. Um, this was a nine and a half minute tag team match. Uh, this I didn't I didn't really watch this, but um, SEU lost this match, and mm-hmm. uh, and after the match there were apparently some uh, exalted ones. And Christopher Daniels came out to make the save, and he was pretending to be the exalted one. 
but uh, but you know he was like ah ha ha I'm not and then you know there's some some stuff there and uh, in during this segment Colt Cabana came out and Colt Cabana is now a new member of the AEW roster so Cabana back into wrestling I thought he had retired but apparently not so um, this is interesting did you watch the the dark match or the pre-show match let's say yeah the buy-in you call it the buy-in that's right yeah we watched it yeah it was good um i was shocked when colt cabana came out right um it was like boom boom colt cabana and i was like they've played the wrong song what's going on here and then <laughs> we look uh, so i was watching it with kenny bakatosh and jen louise and steve gunn mm-hmm. and uh we all sort of looked at each other and we were sort of going no way colt cabana is the exalted one what <laughs> and then when Daniels came out in the Vince McMahon garb, like the the hood and all that, that right. do you know that initially back in the Attitude Era, the the initial pitch was that Christopher Daniels was going to be the higher power for the ministry. Yes, <laughs> yes, I do know that. <laughs> so he came out in the garb, and it was a callback to that as well, which I thought was really good. It was layered, but you didn't know it was him, and you're going. We were all going, we're all shouting, it's like Harper, it's fucking like Harper. Well, Jen was shouting that. And uh, right. <laughs> um, it, it was Daniels. And I thought that was, that was a great reveal because then when he ran down to the thing, we're like, is he, is he gonna? No, yeah, oh, he's still SCU, SCU, SCU. So I, I thought it was good because the past couple buy ins with AEW have always been kind of shitty. Yeah, which is why I didn't watch this one. So I think maybe they're trying to change that by making stuff happen on them so people watch. Which is good because you want your buy-in to be good, especially if your shows are on a pay-per-view and not on a network. So that people are watching on YouTube or watching on Twitter. Um, then they'll go, oh, do you know what? That's fucking class. I'm going to order this. So, Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree with, uh, with that approach. They should... Um, they should sort of make it appealing for people to watch and stuff. Now, um, I, I think this is going to be the most speculation and most that we, we I guess, uh, talk about in terms of the card, but uh, the Exalted One mm-hmm. is apparently approaching closer, and now there are two big rumors. Number one, Matt Hardy, has uh, his contract has expired with WWE, and he's on his way to somewhere, who knows where. Um, there were some speculations about the Hardy compound being mentioned on Twitter where he, he sort of, you know, alluded that he's back there taking care of it and fixing it up. And uh, the second rumor is uh, Mr. Luke Harper posted something about Wednesday and AEW as well. AEW posted something on Twitter saying that it's Wednesday which is what Luke Harper would do. So it's Wednesday, you know what that means. It's Tuesday, et cetera, et cetera. So if you follow him on Twitter, you've seen his posts. Uh, so Ollie, do you think either Matt Hardy or Luke Harper are going to be revealed as the exalted one? I'd like it to be Matt Hardy, but I don't know if the... I think it's too soon for a contract ending for a call. But then I could be wrong. Stranger things have happened. I don't mind that they, they drag out a little bit if they could get Matt Hardy to do it. I think the Dark Order has so much potential if the Exalted One is really cool. But if it's if it's mm-hmm. a lame duck, then I feel like the Dark Order's over. But Luke Harper would be good too, but then I don't know Brody Lee goes by now. I I, I don't know. Yeah. Does he fit with it? Is he is he is he like wacky enough? Because the Dark Order's a little bit wacky, isn't it? 
slightly. So here, here's my opinions on on both of them. So, uh, as you said, I think Matt Hardy would be a better fit because he's a veteran. Mm-hmm. He has that crazy, wacky style as well. Um, he he sort of fits that whole that whole Dark Order thing much better because, you know, as as again as a veteran. You can believe that these people follow him and they look up to him and stuff. Brody Lee, on the other hand, is, I guess, he would be a good henchman to have and maybe, you know, be the second in command over Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they would do that. I, I, I would like to see Brody Lee come in and do his own thing. Yeah, me and too. be like a proper contender. I would yeah. like to see Matt Hardy in this role because Matt doesn't, he, he wouldn't really have to wrestle much exactly. in this role, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, he would think Brody Lee looks like what well, when he was allowed to wrestle in WWE, he put on fucking amazing matches. If he's just yeah. got, got to let go and wrestle, that's great. Matt Hardy has bump card, you know, he's running out, running out of stamps on it. So yeah, him being the exalted one is a great fit for him because he can wrestle at pay-per-views or special occasions or tag matches for the Dark Order. And he doesn't have to wrestle week in, week out. So I, th- I think it is a better fit. But wh- whether it happens or not, you know, if it does happen, I'm happy to wait for it to happen. But if it's not going to happen, I want them to announce it soon, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. The only thing is now I feel like AEW starts to, you know, this is, this is where they differentiate themselves from WWE, where WWE sort of teases that build and they tease all these reveals and stuff, and they they haven't been delivering recently. Mm-hmm. AEW st- not, needs to fix that problem that WWE is not doing, and and sort of give us what we want. Yeah, and this is what will differentiate them. And this I feel like this is what will make AEW the the show that people want to tune into. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel like this is what they need to do. Um, right. So uh, going from there, starting the main card. We have the opening match, which is Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. Uh, this match was uh, it was I, w- I was surprised that this match kicked the show off. Um, so Jake Hager's wife is sitting by ringside. Now, Ollie, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, she's a uh, a porn star, isn't she? Is she? Uh, as far as I know, he was married or dating a porn star. <laughs> Jake Hager uh, is such a Republican. He is such a Republican. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> um, her name is Catalina White, I right. believe. Well, um, let's let's find out. And Catalina and, White. Uh, okay. Yeah, he she um there. Well, see here, <laughs> I can't seem to find much on her because in the country that I am, they typically tend to censor. You Catalina know, White um, porn. Right, okay, I, I'm not censored here. We we still have yeah. we still have free speech. Um, oh, perfect. <laughs> oh my God! Right, okay, okay, right. I'm putting on one of our yeah. pornos. Right, one sec. Oh, okay. So it's there, right? <laughs> um, the 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 name of it is Super Hot Catalina White in homemade sex tape sucking big cock. <laughs> Let's see her. Oh, it is her. Oh my goodness. Wow, she is. Yeah. She's got. She's got some stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, good. Uh, good for him. Yeah. Good for. Good, good for, for him. Yeah. Good for Hager. Oof. Bloody hell. Yeah. So he he comes out. <laughs> I had no idea that she was a porn star. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I was. I was surprised. Not. 
No one really spoke about this. In all the podcasts that I heard covering the show, no one mentioned once no. that she's a porn star. So I was surprised there. But uh, yeah, so he he comes out and he immediately tongues his wife, and I'm oh, kind of like, Ooh. he molests her. He like Eric Bischoff kissing Ric Flair's wife for, uh, in 1998. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he did to her. <laughs> he yeah, proper proper, just like he goes to town on her tongue, and uh, <laughs> and I I just can't you know in my in my mind I'm kind of like oh god I'm sure that that tongue's been a lot of places, mm. but. Um, but yeah, so he he enjoys uh, you know kissing his wife for a little bit, and then he he goes <laughs> into the ring. They start the match, and honestly, I, in my opinion, it wasn't the greatest of all matches. I think Hager's new style was a bit confusing, um, but it was a decent match. Both of them worked all right. Uh, there's a there's a spot in this match where uh, Dustin went out and forced a kiss on on Jake Hager's wife. Uh, but eventually, Jake Hager puts uh, a submission move, which is a chokehold, and uh, and Dustin Rhodes goes night night. So this match went uh, 14 minutes and 40 seconds. Jake Hager getting the win in his AEW debut match. Uh, Ali, tell me what your thoughts were. Tell me about that that forced kiss by Dustin because there's a lot of speculation of whether that should have been there or not. Uh, talk me through the match. I enjoyed it. Um, people can get on their Twitter soapbox. Oh my God, you can't do that in 2020. It's, this isn't the Attitude Era. Oh, crime ever. I'm just not into it. Like, who cares? It's entertainment. Um, yeah. It's not. It's a wrestling match and a wrestling show. He's not actually doing it. If you if you meet Dustin Rhodes, the man, he's the nicest man in the world. So he's mm-hmm. playing. He's playing. He's playing. He's he's kissing the heel's wife to get heat with the heel to piss him off because the heel bloody broke his arm months ago in the in a door. So why not do that? So yeah. if you're gonna get on your your high box about it, it's like the same people that say. When JR said that uh, Nyla Rose was the king of the mountain, fuck off. That's a thing. You, it's a saying. You say king of the mountain if you're the best of something. Fuck off. Anyway, yeah. I thought it was a good hard-hitting brawl. And I thought Dustin was trying really hard to beat this like monster Hagar that's been built up. And sadly, he couldn't get the job done. But that was good. It was part of the story. I think I think that Hagar trying to use this like crossover athlete thing that you mentioned um I think it, I think it could go far. Um, mm-hmm. The style is not and not an AEW style. Like no one in AEW wrestles like this. So maybe that's why we maybe think it didn't work. But it was kind of good to have variety because you don't really get big guys having matches in AEW, do you? So I was like, yeah. So I was like fast paced. Like there's a certain style to it, like PWG New Japan style to it. So I liked it. Mm-hmm. It was more of a WWE type match. Which is absolutely fine, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I thought it was great. Um, the, I reckon Hager's got a wee bit of ring rust, right? Because he hasn't yeah. he hasn't had a match on live pay per view or on live TV for a really long time, so he might have a little bit of ring rust. And Dustin Rhodes, he guys, he's in his fifties. Look how good he done. Look how amazing he is. He's in his fucking fifties. Amazing. It's incredible how well he moves. Yeah, and, and how how his endurances and everything he's it's 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 stunning mm-hmm. i'm 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 sort of watching um raw from 1996 so everything that i've missed i'm sort of like now because i, c- I can do it yeah i have to do it because you know i'm, I'm taking on a lot of uh, 
wrestling related work so i need to know my history so i'm watching back 1996 and i was watching a match today between savio vega oh, and goldust and in this match goldust actually grabs savio vega and kisses him in the mouth mm-hmm. right and uh, because he was doing the whole androgynous thing and he was really out there and it was uh, i saw that i was like wow since 1996 goldust and dustin rhodes has been kissing people just without their consent. So it's it's amazing how consistent he's remained all these years. Yeah, but there, uh, yeah, there was no. It, what did you think of that? I wasn't. Am I be? agree with what I said? I do agree because it's like it's part of an angle. He's not actually going and fucking mouth raping someone's wife. Mm-hmm. You know, like we we talked about it on WCW programming. That was just that was a bit extra. It was it was like there was like tongue and she was smacking around he just grabbed her uh, at AEW. he just grabbed her kissed her in the mouth and moved away that's it yeah he didn't he didn't fucking grope her nothing like that well i think so. context is key because in 1998 it was it was like very rapey because the whole the whole <laughs> family was getting assaulted and then eric bischoff was being very rapey towards her before he did it whereas this was like yeah. this was like fuck like more of a, a, a fuck you hagar if you're going to kiss your wife disgustingly at the start of the match, I'm going to do it too because that'll piss you off more. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. If, if a face... Because everyone's like, oh, that's not a face thing to do. It's not a face... What... Are you telling me there's a guideline to how to be a face? Mm-hmm. A face can be there in different forms. It doesn't, it doesn't really make a difference how he, he antagonizes his opponent because that's what you have to do. You kind of have to get into their head, fuck with them, and then win the match. There's, there's so many great face wrestlers that did that in the past you know they they were smart even when eddie guerrero eddie guerrero when he was a good guy he would he would be sneaky and he'd he'd use his brain to win matches that's why that's why edge is my favorite wrestler because he was really smart in the way he did things you know sneaky sneaky so, sneaky what sneaky 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 <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I didn't have a problem with the kiss and uh the only thing is as you said there might be a little bit of ring rust and maybe he's still trying to figure his style out but it wasn't it wasn't a terrible match or anything in that sense it was a it was an okay match it could have been better but i mean you have to give it to them they both they both are you know like hager's coming back after a long time and dustin rhodes is in his 50s for crying out loud like yeah you know he's and he he works great for his age so yeah, um, enjoyed that. And then following that, we got our uh, grudge match, the first grudge match of the night, Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. Um, Darby Allen, a number of weeks ago, was taken out by uh, his own skateboard where the, the inner circle sort of attacked his throat, and he hasn't been able to speak since then. So he's stolen Lodi's gimmick from 1998, <laughs> and he's he's coming out with cue cards and stuff. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really over with the crowd. Uh, Alan, uh, sorry, Sammy Guevara first comes out. He, I think he's dropped the whole vlogging gimmick because he didn't seem to be doing that while he came out. And then um, he was standing in the corner, and Darby Allen recreated that um, that Sean Spears and Cody Rhodes spot in the match where he just dives right out of the ring before the bell can even sound, and both both guys weren't even in the ring. And they have about maybe a I would say seven to eight minute match, a hardcore style match on the outside with Sammy Guevara at some point doing a 630 senton, 
threw a table yeah. to Darby Allen. Oh my god. <laughs> that was fucking nuts. Yeah. Nuts. Uh, I my jaw was on the floor and um the match itself lasted 5 minutes on on the dot mm-hmm. from when the bell sounded. So uh eventually Darby Allen there was a whole bunch of high spots in this match. Darby Allen eventually hit the coffin drop and got the win over Sammy Guevara. Ali uh, what did you think of this whole thing? This this start to finish, it was. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I was I was really looking forward to this match. Yeah, because we were watching it live, we were all sort of chatting between each other, and while they were brawling to that side before the match actually started, then when they got in the ring and the bell rang, we were all like, "What? Why is the bell rang? What is that a DQ? What's going on?" <laughs> and then Jen was like, "That's actually the match just starting, guys." <laughs> <laughs> No, th- these two, these two are, these guys, these guys are main eventers. They have something oh, yeah. special with this Darby Allen. He's he's something that we've not seen in wrestling really, and he, mm-hmm. people are so into him. He's so creative. He's, I know you you always draw comparisons to Jeff Hardy, but I think he's like different level to Jeff Hardy. Um, oh yeah. If you ever hear him on interviews and stuff, he's so creative. Like he went to film school and he filmed all, all the vignettes that, that he's in, he produces them with his buddies, like his production guys, and then they send them into oh, wow. AEW. But that's not TNT or AEW making them. So he's so talented. And then in the ring, the stuff that he does is absolutely crazy. I remember for, when we first seen him when he was having the match against Cody, and I was just sort of like, who is this little skinny runt guy? Like, I don't really get it. What is he? What is he? And as the weeks have progressed, he's like, He's so he's so interesting. He's so entertaining. Mm-hmm. And then Sammy Guevara, he's such a good heel. He's so good at being like he's so good at being a dick, like, like a cocky young brash asshole. But like to a different, he's a different type of dick than MJF is. Yeah. What he, so I I really like him. And then they were kicking the shit out of each other and they're both so athletic and you're right when you say the the 630 dive and the coffin drop and then even like when when he got put through the table and the Spanish flat it was it was all amazing the only criticism I would say about this match is I think it went just a little bit too long and I know the match itself was only five minutes but I just felt it was like just a tiny bit too long but I think it was a the kind of hard-hitting star enhanced performance with both men, and they'll both get some, both get attention from this show. When this show's got some big names on it, it'll be hard to get attention. But I think they managed to do it. People are talking about this match, and Darby Allen's a star, Sammy Guevara's a star. I think three, four years time, these guys are in the main event scene. These guys are going to be like household names. So love that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, one hundred percent. The they're. As long as they they can maintain their bodies without you know really harming themselves too much, because I remember watching Darby Allen versus Cody, and he did the coffin drop but missed Cody and hit the apron, and that mm-hmm. that image is still in my head. I was like, Oh, oh yeah, oh my hurt. god, yeah, yeah, you know. So, uh, but again, Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara, fantastic match. Allen got uh, his first big singles win. Uh, and uh, I still think Sammy Guevara hasn't lost. He's not buried by any sense or anything like that. He still has credibility. He's still up there. Uh, and that spot was was one of the highlights of this pay-per-view where it was just... And, and I love I love the Shawn Michaels callback a little bit. I, I feel like 
he probably is a Shawn Michaels fan because remember that's what Shawn Michaels did when he came back at SummerSlam 2002 was it where through um, the table he does the yeah and he does the I'm crazy yeah and that's exactly what Sammy Guevara did so yeah. um yeah, you in in Ali and I's books, you're you if you like Shawn Michaels, we instantly like you. So there's so many, simple. yeah. But like this whole show was full of like little things that were all callbacks to everything. So it, it was it like overall, it was such an enjoyable wrestling like yeah. production. Speaking speaking of enjoyable productions, uh, next up we have the tag team match. For the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Oh my uh, Kenny god. Omega, <laughs> Kenny Omega <laughs> and Hangman Adam Page uh, versus the Young Bucks. The, being the elite, sort of somewhat imploding. Um, and, uh, well, at least on, on the side of Hangman Page uh, where uh, he's, he's not exactly getting along with the Young Bucks. This match was five seconds longer than half an hour <laughs> 30 minutes and five seconds this match was scheduled for an hour and they went half the distance it really didn't uh, feel like it, half an hour did it um there it didn't feel half it didn't feel like half an hour i do i do have one criticism which i'll get into in a second but uh this match was absolutely nuts the amount of of near falls surely has probably never been seen in a match before. Uh, the 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 moves that were hit, they did um, so. At some point in this match, the young bugs sort of turned heel, and and the fans were against them. Matt Jackson started, uh, you know, sort of. Um, so he 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 went out. He did the the locomotion thing that he does, but he was doing it on the outside on the ramp to Hangman Page. Uh, yeah, uphill. He was, was doing an uphill. Up uphill as well so it's it's slightly tougher um and and in the ring kenny omega is getting his ass kicked by by the brothers uh but there were buckshot v trigger combinations that they were kicking out of uh kenny omega's shoulder was being worked on so he couldn't hit the one-winged angel but at some point hangman adam page comes in and hits the one-winged angel and and drops I believe it was uh, Matt Jackson, but then in comes uh, oh, that was a kickout, wasn't it? Yeah, um, like either kickout. Oh or, God! It yeah, was just at the last it, second. Yeah, I jumped in. Just, just crazy, crazy shit throughout the match. There was a point where the indie taker was hit on the outside as well, which is like a tombstone, but instead of so you know when they do the Meltzer driver, it's uh, there's a flip involved, but the indie taker is just a springboard leap. Uh, the indie taker was hit on the there outside. There was a callback to so, the Marty Scurll chicken wing as well. Yes. So Hangman Adam Page even done even did like the taunt that Marty does before he puts the chicken wing on. Yes. There was so much stuff in it. Like, have, how many did you want? Have you watched it more than once? I've no, I have not. I've not watched it more than once. We'll see if you like. It, see if you watch it back. There's so it's so layered. It's so layered and well acted and. There's so many like different parts of it where you, where you're just like, oh my god! Even if I wasn't watching the weekly TV, but I was watching this match, the the psychology that's in it is, it's it, 
it's like a movie like all the little things mm-hmm. all the little bits of psychology it's not just a wrestling match and yeah they did like a billion moves but it was there was like callbacks this callbacks that he's doing that to this is he going to do this because that and then the way that they're selling it and like being trepidatious about stuff and yeah I loved it anyway there what were we saying <laughs> so yeah, there's so many super kicks hit in this match as well um, the the entire match was was just just as you said so layered and so many things happening keeping you on the edge of your seat and uh eventually the the buckshot lariat v trigger combo did not get the pin but then um hangman page hit the buckshot lariat one more time and and pinned the young bucks to get their to get the victory here and retain the tag team titles uh i'll, I'll talk about the the little thing actually you know what i'll mention it now uh after the match they the young bucks sort of wanted to shake hands but hangman just left the ring omega was sort of like okay fine you know i guess we could you know forget it and it was all in the heat of the moment and it was you know we were we were trying to you know defeat each other but then hangman page sort of teased that he was going to hit the buckshot on Kenny Omega, he put his title down, he was standing on the outside, and he's staring wide-eyed at Kenny Omega, and then when Omega turned around, uh, he just, he he opened the ropes up so that Kenny would come out, and Omega looked a little confused, Uh, Hangman drank his beer, and both the champions left. Um, Ali, uh, tell me, I I know you've already (laughs) mentioned quite a bit about this match, but uh, tell me, is there anything else you want to talk about? Like this, this was just a crazy fucking match. I mean, crazy. there's so much stuff in it. it yeah, like there's so much stuff in it. There's like callbacks to New Japan. I'm not the biggest expert. I'm not gonna go through like every single move and talk about how amazing it was. I'm just gonna like give sort of overall right. what I think about it because if you haven't seen it, well, you have to watch this match. It was, it was yeah. so good. But they beat the absolute shit out of each other, and I love that. And what I, what I also loved was normally these long matches, there's always like breaks in them or like rest moves or like quiet moments. And you're thinking, yeah, this match went 30 minutes, but it would have been better if it was 20 minutes. Whereas this one, you're like, oh my God, don't stop. It's so amazing. Um, <laughs> but they beat the shit out of each other. Storytelling was awesome. I loved how the Young Bucks like showed, or like they, you said they turned heel, like they showed anger and they were so angry, but then, then they started to feel remorseful after beating up their friend. They, they like they, they sold that through their acting through the match and I think the ending was their absolute right call to keep their story going um, and that that little bit where the match finishes right and Hangman's in the ring and then Omega I don't know if you picked up on this but the Bucks are standing and Omega is standing as well and Hangman's on the other side of the ring and all like the, the elite are standing sort of sideways and it looks it looked like they were gonna super kick Adam Page, like the three of them, like triple super kick. And and it was like, Oh, oh god, are they gonna do it? Are they gonna do it? And then, then Kenny Wiggins sort of walk and then Hangman Page got the ring and then he's standing and then the Bucks get out the ring and he drops the belt down to the ground and he puts both his hands on the ring ropes. <laughs> and even the commentators are like, Oh my god, oh my god. Like, cause they're, 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 the commentary is so good because they were thinking what you were thinking. And then when he turns around, yeah. he goes, come on, pal, let's go. And it, it was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. I'm so excited for where this story is going. I'm so excited for how good it has been up to this. I think the build's been tremendous. I think the execution was tremendous. I'm here for it. I, I love it. This was This is exactly what I want from wrestling, and I'm getting it. 
So I'll, I'll tell that. you what. Um, coming out of this match, I have so much more interest in the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. I have so much more interest in Kenny Omega. Hangman Page was already piquing my interest before, like you know, before this match. Coming into this with the weeks building up, Hangman Page is probably one of my more favorite things on AEW, and all four of these men had have benefited greatly after this match. Yeah. Uh, my my one tiny criticism is I don't like seeing moves that should finish matches being kicked out of. Mm-hmm. There's a point where Kenny Omega really late in the match kicked out at one, which which I was sort of I was sort of removed from that moment right. because I'm kind of like oh man, you shouldn't be kicking out a one there because now it just makes it seem like cuz going into the future when I see a super kick now, I never think it's gonna end a match. Well, you know, well, so so that was that was a that was a callback. So the oh. only so you didn't you you took you at the moment, but it was a callback to New Japan with Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. That was their finisher called the Golden Trigger, and yes, Kenny Omega kicked out one because he was so pissed off that the Young Bucks hit the Golden Trigger on him. So that's why he kicked out ah. one because he's like, "Fuck you guys, that's me and Kota Bushi's finisher." Fuck you guys, and that's why he kicked out one because he's fired up. So that's why that's how weird it is. That's how weird it was. <laughs> well, okay. Well, then here's here's I guess maybe a slight. I mean, I, I understand for the fans that came over from from New Japan or who are more informed, I guess. But for someone like me, a casual who who has now recently started watching AEW, who's familiar with the New Japan people. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for people like us, and I, I'm sure there's a majority of them now watching on TNT, uh, these these little things, intricacies were lost, I guess, in this match. Well, n- not, but say, not necessarily, because it's like if you watch a really good movie and it's, it's layered, yeah. then... Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I mean. Like, yeah. I, it, the match itself was the best match on the card. Mm-hmm. I think this was the the match. Oh, well, I don't know. Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander. Was... But, yeah, I mean, this this match, and I'm sure because of the placing on the card as well, uh, since Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander had to, had to follow this match, I don't think they could have, that that was that's a worse spot to be in, right? Yeah. After this match, if you're on next, there's that's not a good place to yeah. be. Steve and Gunn Steve <laughs> Gunn turned to me after that match and when, when uh, Chris Statlander was making an entrance and he goes, Oh, you know, it really annoys me that the the women's wrestling in AEW is the piss break match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but where do you go from there? There's nothing the- you could have put on after that. Literally nothing. If you had put MGF versus Cody, it would have fallen flat. Yeah. If you had put on Pac versus uh, Cassidy, it would have fallen flat. Um, you sort of, you know, there was no winning coming out of this match. This match was insane. Best match of the card. Uh, for me, as a person, as a casual who doesn't know the, the sort of uh, those little layers, you know, the callbacks from New Japan or wherever they have wrestled, uh, I, I those tiny things, I sort of, I was like, oh, I wish... I wish this match had had been slightly shorter with those things not there with without the kickout. If you have to interrupt the pinfall, absolutely fine with it. But the the kickout one mm-hmm. for me that was a big thing. But you've explained that now, so I, it doesn't feel that bad anymore. But mm-hmm. 
and and it it makes me want to watch the match again. Well, because right. I I agree uh, with you because I didn't yeah. know that at the time, and I I found that out through listening to a, a podcast that was reviewing it, and they said it. So then I was like, oh my god, that's actually amazing. Oh okay, see, uh, yeah. So but I don't I know guess, about fucking so. Kota Bushi because I love New Japan, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember that uh, Ibushi versus. Uh, um, Kenta, uh, Kenta, Kenta, exactly. <laughs> that was such a such a good match. I was trying to think of Okada, and I was like, "What the fuck was his name?" Suzuki Gun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to see. I wonder if Okada would would come to AEW. That would be a huge. If they get, if they ever have a working relationship, I reckon that he will. But I mean, if if Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, uh, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson can just up and leave New Japan and come to. But WWE. it's like it's like AEW's not even a year old, so give it time. Yeah, yeah. So uh, no, I'm just saying that it would be really good if those guys came over because they would make such a big name for themselves. Yeah, uh, they'd have they'd have the Japanese fans that they already have, which are in like hundreds of thousands, and uh, and those people come over to AEW. That would be great for AEW. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so yeah, so next up, which uh, I apologize for calling this last one the match of the night because this was truly the match of the night. The <laughs> AEW Women's Championship, <laughs> Nyla Rose, Ali, not Nia Jax, Nyla Rose. <laughs> this this isn't Norman Smiley and Ernest the Cap Miller. This is Nyla Rose and Nia Jax are very different. If you know, you know. Um, <laughs> um, versus Chris Statlander, this match was just uh, sorry, it was terrible. Yeah. There, was, there was nothing good about this match. There were botches everywhere. There's this superplex that just went wrong, and uh, yeah, it was rough. Even the finish, even the finish looked like uh, she, Nyla Rose almost tripped. I watched it back a few times, but mm-hmm. she didn't trip. She was just moving her leg before she lost balance. But she delivered the beast bomb and picked up the victory yeah. against Chris Statlander. Um, yeah. Any, any? Do you have anything positive about this match? Well. <laughs> I mean, it was rough, and it was the worst thing of the show. Um, yeah. And they were botching stuff left, right, and center, and it's it, and it came across that it didn't seem that they were ready for a pay per view match. But I think that's mm-hmm. harsh judgment on it. Um, Chris Statlander wasn't well; like she she had the flu, so that was one oh, thing. Yeah. I remember she she did a kip up, and she didn't quite make it during the match, and yeah. it was just like, oh no. And mm. the crowd were, the crowd really wanted to like it because this was just like a really nice crowd, but it didn't really happen. Yeah. The, what I'll say is before the pay-per-view, I was like, Jen wanted to show me a Chris Statlander match from GCW. So I watched it uh-huh. and I was like, oh my God, she's actually a pretty decent wrestler. And then we put this on and it was yeah. just like, ah. Oh. So I think she was off her game. <laughs> but the thing that struck me the most as a comparison, you know, I'm not comparing the match that we just watched to this one. Well, I, I am, but I'm not. The yeah. match before... You can't help the, but do it. The match before, everything that was done in that match was done for a reason. Every single move, even though there was like a million moves, everything was like done for a reason. This match was like... It seems like it was... Let's do this spot, 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 this spot. And hopefully it'll turn out all right. And then I'll win. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how it came it, across. It, this was the shortest match if you don't count Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara because that had that whole thing in the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the shortest match on the main card 
yet it felt really fucking long. I you know what? I, KG, I just couldn't. I couldn't see, remember it. when Nyla did the first beast bomb? Yeah, they should have ended the match there, and it would have been absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they should have done something. Um, I I understand that Chris Statlander, you don't want to bury her, so you want to st- make a team like okay, she can do this. I mean, she was doing these tope suicidas, and I was like, wow, okay, she's, uh, you know, she she's good, and she she smashed into Nyla Rose. That was the spot of the match for me, mm-hmm. where she did that, and it looked like it really really hurt Nyla because she just fell into the barricade, and I was yeah. like, oh shit, she's she's knocked out for sure. There, she's knocked out for sure. But um, unfortunately, yeah, there was no uh, no recovery, and it was a tough spot to be in with with Chris Statlander being ill and uh, coming out of that crazy tag team match. It was it was it was very difficult. So I hope again, it's been said many times, the women's division in AEW requires a lot of work, requires perhaps some some stars to to enhance the division. But uh, yeah, um, I guess I guess time will tell. And uh, let's see who let's see how they build these these women up. Um, right. So moving on, we have a match, the grudge match, the second grudge match of the night, uh, which was between Cody and MJF. Cody's accompanied by Brandy Rhodes and uh, Arn Anderson. MJF accompanied by Wardlow. Uh, this uh, this was a good match. It was a good match. Uh, MJF, uh, he he wrestled quite well. I didn't understand why he was so tanned suddenly. Like, <laughs> he was he was so tanned. He was like the Miz at uh, WrestleMania when he was in the main event against the uh, Cena. The John Cena, that's right. Yeah. Oh my God. It was there's so much tan on his body, fake tan. Uh, Cody Cody typically has the best match of the night, but I don't think that a tag team match could be compared to. Right. This before no, to before we that, talk about the match, let's talk about the tattoo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what do you think of the tattoo, oh, KG? I, you know what? As a tattoo, it's not a bad tattoo, but the placement of that tattoo is so fucking weird. It's like a creator wrestler. So you're making your creator wrestler, and you put you put the <laughs> tattoo on the neck, and then you have a match with it, and you're watching him while you're doing all the, when you're doing, playing your match, and then you go, now nah, do you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and edit that and move the tattoo. <laughs> but he's done yeah. it in real life and he can't edit it. <laughs> it is such a bad placement. But it is like a create because it's like you got the AEW video game and the Cody Rhodes logo is on, so you're gonna put the Cody Rhodes logo tattoo and then slide it up. It's so you, you know, you know what I, you know what I'm thinking of. It's so sad because those those action figures just came out. Yeah. And then this guy goes ahead and just gets a tattoo right after they've started production of his fucking action figure. I, I get I get that he's going on out going all in on his brand and I think uh, Yeah, which I, is fine. I think it's absolutely brilliant, right? But I don't think people I don't think people get it. It's it's meant to be the American nightmare, right? So he's yeah. got like the skull and the the American uh, the the shape of America and and you know, well, like what? But here's it. the thing, right? Because Cody Rhodes has said in the past um, in interviews with Inside the Ropes and and other various media interviews that he, you know, he's got aspirations of acting as well. He's he's been he's he's acted in TV shows as well. He wants to act in movies, so he's got all these aspirations, right? And now he's yeah. got a big fucking tattoo on his neck. <laughs> so yeah. he, if he gets a movie role, then that's 
how much makeup are they going to have to put? That's like when The Rock does a movie and they have to cover up all his tats. It's, it's gonna... I, mean, I was watching... I was watching Jumanji recently, the new one, uh-huh. and I, I, he doesn't even give a fuck now. He's just, his tattoos are visible everywhere. Yeah, so yeah. He's just like, I don't care. But <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I, me personally, I'm not a tattoo guy. I mean, I like, yeah, I like people with tattoos. Yeah, but I like, like for example, my girlfriend has tattoos, and I love them. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Molly Spartan has some really cool tattoos. Uh, you know, yes. pe- people that I know that have got tattoos, I love them. I think they're absolute class. I don't really personally ever get one. I don't. I don't think so. But if I'm get, if I was ever gonna get one, I'm not gonna get it. I'm not gonna get it on somewhere I can't cover up. Yes. But then, he, but then we, but then the thing arms. is, the thing is, we're normal people, and he is a famous wrestler on television. So maybe, yeah. maybe it won't affect him that much. Probably not. I mean, again, with makeup, you could definitely cover it up. I don't think it's a big issue. Mm-hmm. Um, the colors maybe might stick out. I don't know. I don't know how makeup really works. Never really used much of it, but uh, he he. I I think you could cover it up. Oh, you can totally cover it up. Like there. no problem. Like it, it would easily be, yeah. easily be able to be covered up. But I don't know. But, it's just, I, again, I, I I get it, but I, I I don't get it. Like if CM Punk got placement. that, no one would care because he's got a million tattoos. Cody's got a couple exactly, tattoos, yeah. and then he got that, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, you look so different!" Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, Paige. You you seen Paige's tattoo, right? Mm-hmm. On her on her stomach, I think that looks really nice. Yeah, I think it looks very good. Yeah, and it's it's very sexy, but yeah, this is uh, again not the. If he had it on a shoulder blade or something, I'd be like, "Yeah, that's cool." But it will grow on us. Yeah. Like we'll get used to it. That's what happens with this shit. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you're right. So the the match, um, it uh, surprisingly uh, wasn't the match of the night, and I say that surprisingly because Cody is is an excellent worker, and the story was was really hot going in. Uh, this was quite a long match. Uh, it was 24 minutes and 40 seconds, so mm-hmm. just shy of 25 minutes. Uh, this uh, Cody was was so desperate to beat the shit out of MJF. There's a point where he took off his weight belt whipped mjf and the referee was like no 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 you can't he's like all right one more and the ref's like all right go for it and then he hits mjf <laughs> one more time and then tosses the weight belt uh, yeah i love that bit because Rhodes. i love that bit because even the referee knows that mjf's a cunt and he deserves it so he's like all right yeah. do one more <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, mjf uh his his henchman wardlow uh, gets involved in the match uh, at some point, Cody tries to to attack MJ. Uh, sorry, Wardlow, but Wardlow moves, and uh, Cody accidentally drops Arn Anderson. So uh, it was good to see Arn actually take a bump there, which mm. was, I was surprised to see. Um, and eventually, the match goes back into the ring, and MJF gets the diamond ring out, which he won at that battle royal not too long ago, and uh, he takes a cheap shot, knocks Cody out. And gets the victory. So he just collapses. What did you What did you think of that finish? Uh, I was surprised. I, I thought Cody was honestly going to kick out. Mm-hmm. I genuinely thought he was going to kick out. But the fact that he didn't, it makes it. It reminds me of the brass knuckles of yeah. William Regal. So uh, 
it was it was interesting mm-hmm. uh i'm i'd uh, in my in my predictions of the show i said this match is is 51 percent cody rhodes winning 49 percent for mjf mm-hmm. it was that close for me but i had to make a decision so i, just, I picked cody thinking he would get comeuppance here yeah and then, you know mjf would come back and sort of get back into this the, i don't think the story's done by oh, any means but no uh, in in terms of the finish uh yeah it was it was I mean, I thought MJF would would get a finisher in as well, and then hit the the diamond ring, and then maybe Cody would kick out, but then he would be too weak, and then you know MJF would finish the match. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was uh, it wasn't a bad finish. It yeah. wasn't a bad finish by any means. But I mean, I love what, what did I, you think? I loved how um, Cody took the ten lashes, but MJF could only handle two before he was crying and begging for him to stop. So I loved that little thing there because it yeah, yeah. showed that Cody was like a real man and MGF's a little pussy. Um, yeah. I loved that like, little little note in it. Um, I was so happy when MGF won, right? And I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because um, uh-huh. it continues the story. Um, it, Cody got... Cody got got his hands on him, which is what we wanted to see, and he beat the fuck out of MGF for the whole match, right? But MGF sneaking in the victory is just like a fuck you, and then that means that they can continue the story going wherever they go for a bit. It was such an emotional fight, but like where they go from here is brilliant, and MGF is going to cut the best, most heelish, cuntish promo on Dynamite this week. Brag, it's going to be one of the best promos of all time. We're so good saying that he beat Cody, <laughs> and it's not going to matter how he won. It's just going to be the fact that he beat him. Cody couldn't win the title from Jericho, and now MGF's beat him. It's so good. It's brilliant. So I'm I'm here for it. Oh yeah, that that's a good point. I I would love to see that. That would, that would be so so good. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I I think I think MJF winning was important. In hindsight, it was good for MJF to win this match because I think uh, getting his big first singles win because we haven't really seen MJF wrestle much. So for him to get this big big win on a pay per view, which is apparently meant to be, this is meant to be the pay per view of AEW. Like this is apparently their WrestleMania, from what I've heard. So um, I think him getting the win on this card is is really good for his character going forward and for the story as well and uh i i I really think that mjf has so much potential i watched this thing on twitter where he was doing a meet and greet and this little kid was gonna go stand beside him and then he decided not to Mm -hmm. he he got a little scared so he came around and his brother was on the other end i assume it's his brother and then he was standing next to him and this kid must be like seven or eight years old and mjf looks at this kid he's like oh he doesn't want to stand beside me and then he just puts his fucking middle finger right in the kid's face <laughs> this is this is at a meet and greet yes this isn't even the show he is full character yeah. giving this kid the fucking finger yeah and it is brilliant it's so good this guy is absolutely incredible yeah he's, he's like so, so he's good. like velveteen dream like velveteen dream doesn't drop character ever Yes, and this yes. is what MJF is I, like. I love that. It, same with Pac. Pac, yeah. remember when he lost his uh, uh, his title, his cruiserweight title in WWE? 
he was uh, he hadn't slept. He was still in character. We've done. I did an interview with uh, with him and Miles, and and he was in character throughout the interview. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is great. Yeah. This is great. You want you want people who, who I don't want I don't want everyone to do it, but certain people do it. And yeah. It really is very effective. Yeah. So and, and definitely MJF is one. So uh, yeah, good match. Good match over here. Um, and uh, let's see where this story goes. Uh, speaking of Pac. We have our next match, which is Orange Cassidy, accompanied by best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent, versus Pac. And uh, this match went 13 The Bastard! The the, it is The Bastard! <laughs> Pac! <laughs> um, this, this was a... This was, this was Orange Cassidy's coming out party. Uh, for the people who didn't know that Orange Cassidy could wrestle... Learned that Orange Cassidy could wrestle. Oh my god, I was one of those people. <laughs> really, I had, I've seen stuff before. Uh, Sandra was talking about it, and I, I did some research, and I saw. I'm like, this guy's actually really good. He's wrestling. really good, and which makes him even better. Really good. Yes, and he's so smooth with his his moves and everything. Everything was executed to perfection. Both of these guys technically are so sound. Um, I did, however. Um, find the you know when he raises his hands and he puts them in his pockets. Yeah, I think he did that one too many times. Right. That's the only bad thing I have to say about this match. But aside from that, everything in this match was incredible. Pack wins with the brutalizer. Ali, talk me through your experience of of freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. Right. Well, I'll say this: when I first started watching AEW, I had no idea who Orange Cassidy was, and I used to hate him. I used to be like, who is this fucking guy with the hands in the pockets and glasses and why does he do the stupid kicks and why does everyone cheat him? Like, I just don't get it. And I'm too lazy to do research and look into him and find out about him. But then I shouldn't have to because I'm watching the TV show that he's featured on. They should tell me who he is, right? But as the months have went on, five months five months now we're at AEW and I he's I warmed to him more and more, especially I would say since since the start of the year I've liked him more than I ever have. But this match made me be like, Oh, I get it now. He's fucking brilliant. He when he tries, he's amazing, but he doesn't have to try. He's already Cassidy. I get it. And I get why people are saying he's the best thing in wrestling. I totally understand it. And I loved every moment of it. I loved I loved the bit near the start when they're doing the kicks and Cassidy starts kicking Pac and then Pac's like, all right, I'll kick him back. And then he does the super yeah. kick and then Pac just kills him. Oh, there's so, so much good stuff. But I think the, the important yeah. thing in this match is, which I don't think was in any, ever in any doubt, is that Pac won because Pac, Pac couldn't have lost to Orange Cassidy. As much as we love Orange Cassidy, he's very entertaining. Pac, Pac had to win. I think um, everything leading to it was fine. I don't know whether... They needed the Lucha Brothers running in to interfere at the end. Um, I would have rather I would rather seen like a tag team match between best friends and Lucha Brothers than the Statlander Nyla Rose match. But then maybe that would have been too much. Um, yeah, um, I, it was unfortunate that the Lucha Brothers didn't uh, have a place on the card, mm-hmm. but uh, they sort of appeared and I guess cut a paycheck from from the yeah. show by coming out and taking the best friends to the back. Uh, Cassidy, I. I, I I like Cassidy. 
but he is obviously a gimmick. This is um, you 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 do this sparingly. Yeah, I, I don't want to see wrestling. But I think they are doing it sparingly. If he if he has matches like that every yeah. week, that's great. But now he can go back for another like month and do nothing, and he, yeah, he, and he'll be more over for it, and that's great. That what, I, what a great idea if you're a wrestler and you don't have to take bumps all the time. I would say that I I don't want to see Cassidy wrestling on on AEW uh, programming uh, as in AEW Dynamite. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see Orange Cassidy wrestle maybe maybe two three times a year. Oh, I'd say more I than like that. I'd say Cassidy. like if he wrestled once a month, I'd be happy. I I want to see no. I th- I think that then you're, the allure of like he he should be on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to see him on TV. I don't want to see him in matches. I would like to see Orange Cassidy wrestle at pay-per-views, and that would make people yeah. want to... It's, it's sort of like the Fiend thing that I've been saying. Like The Fiend on WWE programming should have only appeared at pay-per-views. You you lose the allure if you get to see Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what they should do is, is they should bring back Hulk Hogan to AEW, and then he can beat Orange Cassidy, right? Oh, no, wait. What? Oh, sorry, I'm thinking WWE. Like, I was thinking about Goldberg. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry. Get someone from 1998 to beat him. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, have... have um... Have Hogan, Ric Flair, whoever, whoever's almost near the grave, yeah. just uh, send them in for Orange Cassidy. But um, yeah, no, I would, I, I think, I think you would, you would, Orange Cassidy would be the biggest thing in professional, or one of the biggest things in professional wrestling if you, if you use them very sparingly in matches and stuff. I think watching him wrestle after so many months of being on AEW, showing his, his, you know, skills and his his what he brings to AEW in a match after so long i was just like wow this was awesome i'm glad i waited mm-hmm. and i'm i i want to see it again but don't give it to me let yeah, me yeah. wait and let it build let it fester and let people you know yeah it's like it. i know you're wearing lingerie under there but keep the sweater vest on yeah ooh ooh sweater vest sexy lingerie um, right, so uh, this uh, after that great match, we get our AEW Championship match, the main event of the evening: John Moxley versus Chris Jericho, the champion, uh, who is accompanied by Santana and Ortiz. Uh, this match went for twenty-two minutes and twenty seconds, with John Moxley winning. The AEW Championship, Ali. Mm. Um, this match was not the best match, I would say. Um, I there there was a lot it of. It was stuff a Chris Jericho main event match. Yes. Um, okay, so so what I'll say is right. So uh, throughout this match, there were because I, I have so many things uh, that I want to talk about in this match, but uh, there there's spots like when uh, Chris Jericho took the camera, gave uh, gave the finger to, to John Moxley. They wrestled in the crowd for a bit, uh, came back in. Um, there was uh, Santana and Ortiz who had accompanied Chris Jericho were there. Jake Hager showed up. Sammy Guevara showed up, attacked Moxley with the title, uh, but Moxley kicked out. And uh, Moxley throughout this match had his eye patch on, uh, in the middle of this match, Jericho pushed Moxley into the turnbuckle, and Moxley hit his bad eye and started bleeding from it. 
And then towards the end of the match, um, Moxley revealed that his eye was absolutely fine. And and Jericho was like, what? And then that's when Moxley hit the paradigm shift and, and got the victory shortly after that. Um, so uh, I'm really confused here. Within the terms of wrestling storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a disadvantage and you don't want your opponent to know, right? So you, you hide it. And then when they least expect it, you sort of reveal it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now, the the way they did this, because the weeks building up to this match, Moxley's eye was the reason for him not being able to perform to the level that he normally does. Mm-hmm. Had had the bell started and he removed the eye patch, revealing that his eye's fine, I would have been absolutely okay with that. But the fact that he revealed that his eye was fine at the end of the match, where he could have just removed it and been able to see absolutely clearly, and and because it's a title, no, that's what made Jericho it so good. Champion. That because that's that was one of the one of the weapons that he used to beat Jericho was the reveal. Because Jericho was like, "What the fuck?" and then paradigm shift. It's over. So keeping it till the end and keeping Jericho thinking that he's got the advantage the whole match. And thinking Jericho's coming in, he's so because Jericho's biggest weakness is his cockiness, and then and then Moxley yeah. played into it so well, and it was such a good mind game. It was perfect. That that's why he he saved it till the end. Because if he'd have revealed at the start, then Jericho would have been like off. Oh, like it wouldn't have had the impact that it had until like when it happened at the end. No, so. but but you see the the way you sell that is that have Moxley in the start of the match reveal that his eye is fine, and Jericho's entire game plan that he had that he had sort of laid out in this match would have would have been thrown off. So that's where Moxley's advantage would have been. Uh, to me, I don't understand if you have this this disadvantage for all those weeks and and Moxley's got his eye covered, Santana has his eye covered and and those are obvious disadvantages. No right, I, no, right, I know what to, you're saying, but I think I think maybe it was injured, but it was it was injured for a while, but it's been it's been fine for a while now. But he's kept it because he's had this game plan. So it's like long term. He's fine. thinking, yeah, yeah, that would have been fine. And and had it had his eye healed up, let's say two weeks ago, but he didn't want to tell anyone. He wanted to, you know, trick Jericho into thinking that oh, his eye still fucked. Uh, if as when that bell first rang and he had removed his eye patch, I think that reveal would have been incredible. The crowd would have popped. And it's like the fact that he did it at the end of the match, the crowd still popped. I think had he done it right at the start, people would have popped big. They'd mm-hmm. be like, oh shit, we thought he was coming in with a disadvantage. And now, oh shit, he's 100%. Oh my God, I think I think Moxie could win the title here. Oh shit, Jericho's in trouble. And then you build a story from that. But he had his eye covered throughout the match. He, it, in terms of kayfabe, he's wrestling at a disadvantage which he's given himself at this point. And that, to me, but didn't he, make sense. He was just waiting on the right moment to reveal that he's been fine all along, and then that puts Jericho into a shock, and then because Jericho's at the shock, he takes advantage of it, and he wins the title. I see what you're saying, but I think mm-hmm. I think that maybe could have worked, but I think this worked perfectly fine, though. 
Right. I, I personally, I didn't like that. Uh, I I think that if you're going to a championship match, you want to make sure that you win the title. Ha- imagine like you know because he couldn't see clearly, someone came and fucking I don't know hit a chair on the side of his head or hit mm-hmm. him with uh, a diamond ring or some shit. You know, yeah. like that. Then you're an idiot because your your eye was fine and you just you chose to have this big reveal. And you know, again, this is within terms of kayfabe. Mm. But uh, I get that the reaction was great. Um, uh, again, as I've said so many times, I'm not the biggest fan of Moxie's in-ring work, uh, but he was good in this match. Both uh, uh, Jericho and Moxie, they had a, a decent performance. It wasn't the the best match by any means. Uh, it sort of um, I didn't I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the other matches. Uh, but seeing John Moxley come out with a victory here was really really good. Uh, because I I buy him as a viable champion, and I think like he's he's a tough person to defeat to take that title off of. Like who who can do it? Yeah, you know who can defeat John Moxley? John I I didn't expect Moxley to win. Um, Same. So, so I was Same. shocked, which which is brilliant. Um, yeah, I think I think we've covered that match. Uh, yeah, pretty I, much. But I, what, I, what? Go ahead. Uh, I, I again, I didn't expect. I predicted Moxie to win this match. I didn't expect him to, mm-hmm. but um, seeing him win at the end was was great. Sorry, what were you saying? I was going to say, but the best thing about the whole match was Chris Jericho's entrance. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, we didn't we didn't talk about something earlier uh, with Cody Rhodes and oh and god, his that was so bad. The guy forgot it his word. So the words to his song. <laughs> It was so, and his singing was atrocious. Oh, it was so bad. Oh, god, it was so bad. But Jericho's was fantastic. Oh, it was amazing. It was re- that was like a WrestleMania entrance. Because mm-hmm. when yeah. when that first came on, we're like, what the what the fuck's going on? It was like, you are it was a choir. Oh my god, it was so good. It was so good. Really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so oh, okay, so I've I've thoroughly mentioned what I didn't like and liked about this match but Ali what were your thoughts on on the the intricacies of this match I think that um I think that it was like if you ever watched Jericho's match against Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom or is what who do you fight again this year he always has a sort of same kind of style match and he done all his little um, gimmicks that he does like he shouts at the cameraman he goes in the crowd he takes the photo yeah. i love the bit where he rang the bell and got on the microphone and was like you're a winner chris jericho <laughs> um yeah and you could sort of tell like he's gonna lose there wasn't it yeah i loved all- and i think he wrestled tanahashi was it tanahashi i loved aubrey so. like ejecting the inner circle the same way as errol hebner would <laughs> like with the yeah. oh god um yeah yeah, like Jericho, Jericho is in his fifties too. He can still go. He's still having compelling matches. Um, he's a great storyteller, and he, him losing the title is is absolutely fine. But my, top three, top three most over wrestlers in in wrestling today, I would say. Yeah, what I would say is though, well, they could do a rematch, I suppose, at the at the next big show, uh-huh. but. Uh, who's who's gonna Moxley gonna feud with now? I don't know, but then they'll have a plan. So I'm excited to see what happens. It's good that they're keeping us guessing. Um, yes, 
If they, yeah. if, they, if they built it back that Jericho wants to get the title back, that's fine. But then the thing I was thinking also is that Jericho's contract with AEW isn't for the full year. So he has contracted AEW, like long-term contract, but he's not contracted to appear on every single show. And he's appeared on right. most shows. I think he's missed a couple. So maybe this is like, maybe he'll go away for a little while now and then when he comes back it'll be even bigger, which I'm, ha- I'm happy with. Yeah, I guess he. Yeah, I guess if any time, uh, as I said, if this truly is the WrestleMania of AEW, then uh, this would be the best time for Jericho to step away for a bit, and then come back. Um, whenever you know wrestling is, uh, whenever they're supposed to pick up again. But uh, I, I mean, I would hate to see Jericho go because he is one of the best things in in wrestling today Mm -hmm. uh however yeah uh it was i guess a good idea to put the title on john moxley and uh and have have moxley maybe defend against someone else maybe you know jake hager is like oh you know what i'm gonna avenge jericho because jericho is gone for a bit yeah or um you know if the mjf and cody story is done maybe mjf but i don't think that is uh it's interesting maybe maybe Brody lee you know maybe he comes in and people are like, holy shit, this is going to be crazy. So, yeah. They're, it's they're, the Wyatts versus so the Shield. People. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think it, I think it could be incredible. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Ollie, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that was AEW Revolution. Yeah. Um, over here, we, we do a MVP and a MUP. So, right. uh, who was your MVP of... AEW Revolution. That's very hard. Uh, I have to pick just one person. Sorry, did you say? Did you say you're very hard? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm talking to you. Ah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, well, I, I'm, I'm gonna say, uh, and this, this might be maybe bias. I don't know if it's a bias, but uh, Hangman Adam Page. Yeah. That match was so fucking good. I love the thing at the end. He was. He was fantastic. His his wrestling skills and everything. I just I just want to see Hangman Page now. I just <laughs> want to see him so desperately. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that he accomplished whatever he needed to. And this is not to take away from from the other performers of the night. Uh, Pack was good. So uh, when you Cassidy say MVP, like obviously Moxley because he won the world title. But is it like a performance thing, or is it like what you think? In your opinion, who do you think had the the greatest performance of the night? I think MJF done some fantastic heel work. Um, mm-hmm. Wrestling wise, it, pick anyone in that tag match. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't pick one. I'm sorry. There's too many. Okay, <laughs> so uh, we could say MJF. MJF was was perhaps the. Um, your your MVP and who is the mup? So the most unvaluable player, the person who was not great on this on this card. This is it's also hard, but there I believe there's one match. It's, it's Statlander, isn't it? Sorry, pal. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna go. It's after the information of Statlander being ill. I might say have to say Nyla Rose, Nyla Rose, because she didn't seem to you know step up and. And carry her opponent in a match where where she needed to be carried. Yeah. So, um, but again, uh, unfortunate unfortunate circumstances for the ladies. Uh, this was the uh, very difficult. Um, but again, AEW needs to to work on on their women's division desperately. So uh, whenever they do that, it'll be better. 
Um, and uh, percentage of perfection, Ali. Oh, we do that? This one to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's ripped off. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, that's, that's like a, a 91. Oh, wow. That's that's high. That's mm. high. Um, I'm, I'm, I really enjoyed this pay-per-view. I'm, I'm going for a solid 80%, 8-0. Oh, nice. Um, I had, uh, again, I, I've explained a few, few things that I, I dislike the, the eye patch thing. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, that, that, that was a big, big issue I had, but again, a very, very good pay-per-view, uh, AEW, if this, if they keep this up, I can't see, I can't see them, uh, them failing in any any sense no uh, aside from the women's division so good good stuff um we have a few questions ollie um from questions listeners here we do have questions is this yeah. is this um, hashtag roped in chat roped in chat <laughs> i typically call this cages q a but you're you're here so uh you know uh th- thunder q a or something i don't know no, no thunder uh, questions Anthony, please no, thunder. no, God, no. Uh, Anthony Fitzpatrick at AFITS27. Uh, what did you prefer, Revolution or TakeOver Portland? Um, That's tough because TakeOver Portland was really good. I'm going to – I think so that – I think Revolution because TakeOver Portland had amazing matches, but so did Revolution, but Revolution also had had this, like, this storyline impact to things. I think Revolution was a big, big – pay-per-view and uh, portland was a great pay-per-view but it wasn't the magnitude of revolution yeah uh this is again very tough but i might have to say revolution i think the if you compare both shows the best match of the of both cards was the tag team match wouldn't you say Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah it was it was really good um cammy hutton at fat pirlo a different stage for a pay-per-view are they allowed anymore yeah that was surprising right like um the the stage didn't look any different from from a regular aew dynamo no it did it's slightly different the pay-per-view stage has the pay-per-view stage has like a long screen in the middle Um, and they also had an led ramp which they don't have on tv whereas the tv stage doesn't have the long screen in the middle it just has the sort of smaller square tnt screen so it was slightly different. Yeah. Slightly different, but I, I think what Cammy is trying to say is, you know, remember like uh, the old WWF and uh, WCW pay per views, they would go all out for the stage. But you gotta stuff. be like, maybe this is a this is this is a new company. They don't have money to waste on stages. You think so? <laughs> yeah, think of course they, they don't. A lot of money. Well, TNT TNT is- does all the production, so it's it wouldn't be AEW paying for it to be TNT. So TNT are like. We'll have a pay-per-view stage, we'll have a dynamite stage, and that's it. Okay, that that's fair, I guess. Uh, maybe over time, if they prove their worth, because they have, then they've... Maybe, maybe Cami, if they get a Saudi show, then... <laughs> <laughs> New stage every week! <laughs> um, Luke, at Groobs underscore foreign, do you think it was too soon to take the title off of Jericho? And where do the inner circle go now? Ooh, I didn't even think of that. If Jericho's gone, what happens to the inner circle? I don't think I don't think him being gone would affect the inner circle. I think that that he is the leader, and they will stay strong because they are the inner circle. They are all decent. They can all they all have their roles. Um, so I don't think it would go that bad. 
even if Jericho is controlling the inner circle from maybe a step back, uh, I don't think it was mm-hmm. too soon to take the belt off Jericho. He's had it for five months. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe if he uh, lost at um, full gear, that would have been too soon, but this this was fine. Um, I think it's exciting to see where the main event scenes are going to go. Um, but yeah, I'm not worried about the inner circle. I I might slightly disagree with you in the sense that uh, I think Jericho's role in the inner circle is pivotal as as the director and, uh, and leader. Uh, not having a leader would be a little confusing, especially because the inner circle is um, they're heavily dependent on what Jericho well, does. Look at, they, well, look at the maybe, NWO, KJ. Hogan wasn't there every week and they were fine. Well, in the start, uh, because there were just three of them, right? But then obviously when you add like the entire roster is part of the end. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about like when when they were had the same numbers as uh, the inner circle. Oh right. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I, I I don't. I mean, I haven't watched that WCW, so I don't know what that was like. But um, I, I I don't think that the inner circle will will dissipate. I don't think they'll break away. No, I think they'll still be called the inner circle. They'll still help each other. The inner, but uh, there's, think, there's no chance that the inner circle's over. Like, not a chance. Oh, yeah, hell. definitely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely not broken up or anything. But uh, I just think that they might be doing their own things for a little bit. They might help each other out here and there. But then when Jericho, if Jericho's going away and if he comes back afterwards, uh, I think that formation of the, the group as a unit might might go somewhere so so yeah i think i i don't think it's it's anything bad for for inner circle of jericho's gone but maybe just like you know a notch a notch down well like we're saying this jericho's probably on dynamite this week <laughs> yeah yeah exactly we, we have no idea it's all speculation uh dean puckery oh, dino. dean p dino um dean will be here for the elimination chamber recap so um Keep, keep You're making that. him watch that. <laughs> Elimination Chamber. I thought he was watching it regardless. I, yeah, I'm not gonna watch it. <laughs> Chamber. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't even know what fucking matches are on there. Um. So yeah. So he asks, who do you lads think is gonna be the one to dethrone Moxley? Uh, we just we speculated that. Yeah. Oh, he also says, "Okay, not- love you. Thanks. Please send me the pot of thunder." Um. Free? No. Yeah. <laughs> if you want it, um, you have to pay, sucker. Yeah, there's a Patreon for a reason, sucker. So, um, right. Uh, we we, we sort of. We sort yeah, of I don't know. Um, could be. Yeah, I can't really answer that because um, I have no idea. Brody Lee could be someone, but maybe not. Hager. I like your idea of Hager. Hager could be a good one. Uh, I don't think he would dethrone him, though. Do you think? No, I don't, I don't think, think they'll dethrone, dethrone him, him. But like, it would be a good match. Oh yeah. For Maybe sure. Jericho dethrones him. Mm. Or, or yeah. I could. Exactly. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't dislike a pack v Moxley feud. That is a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Ma- yeah, pack pack has left the Kenny Omega's train now, and yeah. I think pack. I don't think that. It, I'd love to see Pac with the title, though. Yeah. I, I don't think they would shift the title off of Moxley anytime soon. So maybe keep Pac for later. Yeah. Have someone else. But yeah, Pac would be a great shot to dethrone Moxley. So, yeah, fantastic. Um, that's it for your questions, you guys. Thank you so much for sending them in. 
And uh, Ali, thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, no worries. You you were my first guest, and uh, and it's great to have you around. I hope uh, I hope you feel better. After <laughs> oh God, your, yeah. Your poor life decisions. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't. Uh, what's that South Park the movie song? Uh, South Park movie. Yeah. What's the song that Mister Mackey sings? Oh, Mister Mackey. I thought uh, the Uncle Fucker song. You can do it. It's all up to you. Okay. You can do that and do your life today. You don't have to spend your life addicted to crack. Homeless on the streets can have jobs for cash. Give us <laughs> very soon you will say. <laughs> it's easy, okay. <laughs> South Park need to do another movie soon. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Ali. You're welcome. And I and uh, you know I know you you just recovered and stuff, but uh, it's uh, we did we did a one hour forty minute podcast. Wow! After your, Do you think uh, that the Pod of Thunder will be out on time this week? No, absolutely. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still have to watch Thunder. Oh God! Oh, me too. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. There's there's too much good wrestling. Yeah. Aside from SmackDown. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, who whose music should play us out? Um, Jericho's Jericho, yeah, it's a banger. Yeah, it's a banger. Um, all right, perfect. Thank you so much, Ali. And uh, you can follow Ali at Ali also. Uh, he's also part of the Inside the Ropes crew, so that would be at Inside underscore the Ropes if you want to see more of Ali. Follow the YouTube channel, which Ali works so hard for. Um, he he's a bit too humble to to admit, but uh, this guy works his ass off for that channel, and he's he's the reason why the channel is is up where it is right now. So uh, YouTube.com forward slash Inside the Ropes for all these handiwork, and uh, yeah, we we are on the Pot of Thunder. So if you enjoyed this and you're a first time listener, um, subscribe to Patreon. We we both do a semi weekly. Podcast. So am I, it's definitely. It, it's supposed to be weekly. It's supposed but, to be weekly. You know, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, we we well we we we've been better recently, and we've had some scheduling conflicts. But you know, we we're back on it. Yeah. But, you know, um, I have some <laughs> lyrics to write. So Do you remember I'll, that I'll, time? I haven't forgotten. Remember that time? <laughs> and was it November or something? Where we did a podcast yes. on like it was like two years ago or something. It was like we did a podcast on October the first and then did the one to the fourteenth of November. Weekly, yeah. weekly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we again, we've had some issues, and it's a terrible show, you guys. It's and but that's why the the podcast is funny because we just sit there and rip it up, yeah, shred. So. It's um, if you enjoyed this again, uh, we you can find us over there on Patreon, Inside the Ropes Patreon. And uh, is there any other promotions, Ollie? Is there anything you want to you want to promote? You want to say? No, I'm all good, man. Thanks for having me on. Okay, thank you for for giving me your time, and uh, I will be seeing you soon for WrestleMania season, baby. Yes. Before the coronavirus gets us, brother. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, thank you very much, folks, for listening. And uh, like always, if you're still here, KJ out. Let me 
presence personified And I will drag you down and sell you out Run away I am cold like December snow Something